0: everyone, and welcome back to the Keto podcast. That is still what I'm calling it because I haven't come up with a better name than that, but that's okay. The point is I'm here with another expert to bring you amazing content, amazing strategies, and tips to help you grow a sustainable agency. And today, I'm super excited to have my friend, Kelly Campbell on the show. I've had the pleasure of speaking with Kelly on numerous occasions, listening to her content, following her online. And I can tell you with assurance, she really knows her stuff. She's one of the most unique coaches that I've met in this industry. She works with clients in a way I've never seen anyone do it before. And I can't tell you how excited I am to have her on the show today. Welcome, Kelly, to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Marcel. I'm equally excited. So really, really um, pumped to kind of get into this conversation. It's one that I love and uh, I'm ready to answer all your questions.
0: Awesome. I'm excited to have you here too. And this topic is one that I think is really, really important because it's easy to get lost in the sauce out For all of you listening today, the context, we're going to talk a lot about positioning. Before we do that, we're going to give you an opportunity to learn a little bit more about Kelly and why she's so awesome and why she has so much knowledge and experience. But that is going to be the main uh, topic today is how to increase your agency's sustainability, profitability, um, and overall how much fun it is to run your agency by having better positioning and attracting ultimately better clients. Um, So super excited to get into that. But before we do that, let's tell everyone that's listening at home or in their car or maybe in the bathroom, I don't know, wherever they're listening to this, a little bit about you, Kelly. You got into this industry a long time ago and it seems like looking at your background, you were pretty certain from a young age that this is kind of the way that you wanted to go with your career. So, Talk about how you got into this space and uh, why you decided to stay in it.
1: Yeah, so I I really, I was one of those rare kids who, um, you know, when I was younger, I don't know, in middle school and high school, I was really drawn to arts and drawing and illustration and, um, you know, fine arts and painting and things like that. And then one day I took this CAD drawing class in like 10th grade and I was like, oh, wait, you can do art on a computer that's awesome. Like it, it really, um, appealed to that, that analytical sort of, uh, techie side of my brain that I didn't really know existed. And then it married that artistic creative part. So I was like, wow, what is this thing called? What is there like an occupation for this? And I was like, oh, it's called graphic design. That sounds awesome. Sign me up for that. So literally that was my track. I knew from when I was in a sophomore in high school that I wanted to be a graphic designer. Um, so that's what I pursued. Um, I was really interested in science as well, so I minored in marine biology, you know, just as a fallback, um, and that's uh, definitely something that I'm really interested in even today, but that's that was kind of the story, and I didn't really, I wasn't one of those kids who changed majors a couple of times. I know most people do, and that's totally normal, but I really knew that it felt just like the perfect, um, the perfect path for me. Um, so that's, uh, when I got out of school, I started working in corporate America, which I absolutely hated every moment of it. Um, we were oil and water, as I like to say, and, um, I saw so much inefficiency, so many cooks in the kitchen and just not a lot of, I don't know, not a lot of love. (laughs) And so, um, you know, love for the clients, love for the work, love for the employees. I just, I was missing all of that. And I thought there had to be a better way. So um, probably earlier than I had anticipated, I started my agency uh, really with that background of design and and wanting to help small businesses at the time to, to grow.
0: See, it's awesome how, you know, you were just drawn to it. You were passionate about it. But what I think is really cool about you is that you are a creative first, but now you've also become a practitioner when it comes to running the business, which is a rare combination. I don't meet a lot of people that are really strong in both disciplines. So you, you graduated from school, you worked at, I think it was the Bind Group for a little while, and then you actually moved up very quickly, became an art director at an agency called Southwind, if I'm not mistaken. And then it was while you were working at Southwind that you started kind of doing your own thing. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So I literally started uh, cold calling out of the phone book, just local businesses. Like, you know, do you have a website? Do you do any email marketing? And they were like, who is this kid? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I got to like B or C and somebody took a meeting with me. And that's literally how I started the business. Uh, you know, that was back in 2000. Um, so the idea of prospecting and warm email and all of that was just not even on the, on the radar. I mean, most people were still using AOL addresses at the time, and it was really hard to find them online. Um, LinkedIn didn't exist yet. I mean, there were, there were definitely challenges. So, you know, I, I did it the old school way. And I think having that as the background, um, and having gone through that and then seeing how easy it is with the technologies today, to be able to prospect well and and do all of that. um, To me, that's awesome. But I like having that background and that that understanding of, you know, sort of the the early 2000s and how that was done. Um, So yeah, that's how I started the business. And I was working with this one um, uh, retail shop in the town that I lived in. And they had an email list that they weren't really leveraging. So I started doing some email newsletters for them. And Lo and behold, there was a, an owner of a PR firm who happened to be on the list. She received one of the newsletters. and was like, who's doing this for you? These are great. So they introduced me. And then that PR firm essentially became one of my biggest clients. Um, and then just little by little, once I had, an, uh, had enough clients to be able to leave the full-time job, that's when I incorporated the business and just went from there.
0: That's awesome. That was my next question, actually, is what was that moment? But it sounds like you just side hustled it until it was sustainable enough. And then you jumped ship.
1: It wasn't that long, though. I mean, quite honestly, it was like between six months and a year, somewhere in there. Um, It took, I think, because people weren't really talking about it, people weren't able to sell it. And I wasn't really selling it in a way that um, people didn't understand. I, I just inherently knew that they wanted to grow their businesses. And that's all I talked about. The tactics to me didn't really matter. You know, whether it was a website or email marketing or this or that, that didn't really matter. I could figure out what the strategy was after that. I just needed to speak to what their goals were, which was to grow their business, whatever. If it was a retail business, a service based business, I just kind of understood that that's what they were looking
0: for. Hmm. So when you de- finally made that jump and you started your own thing, you left your corporate job. Um, I know this was a while ago, but what do you remember being some of the important things that you thought? I'm not going to do it the way that I've seen it being done in the other companies that I've been working at. What were some of the things that you knew in your mind you wanted to do differently running your own business?
1: Um, I wanted to have a really diverse, um, team, I wanted to treat my team like human beings. I wanted to, um, sort of have a people over profit mentality. Not that I wasn't in business to make money, but for me, it was the human interaction was what was missing, um, and the importance of those relationships. And and that's kind of what was missing. So right off the bat, I knew I wanted to create very simply an environment that I wanted to be at and that my team members wanted to be at. So I think that's probably the biggest thing right out of the gate that I was like, I want to have an office environment that feels really good, um, that is clean and bright and creative and just fosters like this amazing culture. And that's kind of what was missing for me in the full-time job.
0: Awesome. So obviously you got a chance to take a stab at that over almost 13 years, running your own agency. How big did things get? I mean, what, what ultimately was kind of the, the, the top, the, the peak of that experience for you building your own company and uh, eventually selling it and uh, moving on to what you're doing today?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the peak of it was that we were we became known as um, sort of the social good uh, digital marketing agency um, in the New York area, um, outside of Manhattan. Obviously, there's a ton of competition there, but we worked with a lot of nonprofits, um, both domestic and international. We worked with a lot of foundations and a lot of CSR initiatives. So, um uh, you know, the American Lung Association, for example, as a nonprofit, Mercedes-Benz Corporate Social Responsibility uh, as another example of just like a social good uh, initiative. So that's kind of the spin that we have. And that will go, you know, sort of back into the positioning that we'll talk about a little bit later. But, um, you know, we partnered with another organization in Rhode Island, and they did all of our backend web development. So in total, um, at the height of it, we were about 30 people.
0: Wow. It's a big shop. And so obviously, um, you know, you come to this point in your career where it's time to sell that business and move on. And now uh, you actually pretty much right away, you transition into what you're doing today, which is helping other agency owners and their teams create better workplaces, become more successful and achieve all of their goals uh, for growth and success, which is pretty cool. What had you drawn to doing that. I mean, you barely took a break after <laughs> selling your agency. You pretty much got right to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I took probably uh, realistically about six months to figure out what I really wanted to do. And the I think initially I, I thought, well, I just um, helped some of my cohort members with their businesses from that web and digital marketing and, you know, that kind of um uh standpoint. Um, but it became pretty obvious that that was not where my, my heart was. Um, I really felt like when I had an agency, I wish that there was like this, what I call like a unicorn consultant that would just ride in, tell me everything that was going wrong in the business and like help me fix it. Um, so I thought, well, I don't really know too many of those out there. I know a few Um, guys who who have been doing this for a while, you know, agency growth consulting, but um, I didn't know of any women who are doing it. So I thought, huh, that's kind of interesting. Um, Let me learn everything I can about the industry and about these other people who have been doing it for a while and see what that's all about. Because at the end of the day, I just wanted to kind of give back a little bit, um, but also make a career out of it. So I knew, to be honest with you, I was 36 when I sold my agency. I was totally unemployable. I mean, there was no way I was going to go and get a full-time job working at any agency or any organization. It's not what I wanted to do. I mean, I think after you own your own thing for the better part of your, your adult life, it's really hard to kind of be on the other side of it. So consulting was a natural draw for me. Um and I was able to take all the experience and all the lessons and all the mistakes that I made and kind of translate that into helping other agencies, you know, to meet their growth goals. So um yeah, for me it was a a natural fit. It just took me a little while to figure out what the mix was gonna be between was I gonna focus entirely on agencies work with any businesses, small businesses, enterprise level, et cetera, and then also nonprofits, which obviously I have a, a huge place in my heart for. And where I netted out was about 90% of the consulting practices with uh, creative and tech agencies. And I do sort of slate about 10% of the consulting for um, uh, nonprofit organizations, but mostly in the climate change research arena.
0: That's very cool. And, and I noticed that um, of the agencies that you're working with, most of them are in that 2 to $30 million in annual revenue kind of range. Yep. Is that right? Yep. yeah. So at that level, obviously, you know, there's a big difference between an agency doing 2 million and 30 million in revenue. But what are some of the common challenges that you're seeing them face that you're often finding yourself helping them through?
1: Yeah. And it is very different for every single agency. Um, But there are definitely some common pain points. I would say one of them is we are uh, at a revenue plateau, right? We just We've been at this number for three, four years, maybe five years. We can't get past it. We can't push past it, And we can't figure out why we can't push past it. Um, Another one is that if they have a predominantly millennial workforce, they have a huge turnover. So people are leaving every year and a half to two years. And the agency leadership has no idea why. Is it a culture thing? Is it we're just not training them? Like, why are they leaving? Um, you know, and that churn and burn can really, really, uh, be very detrimental to an agency if it's not set up properly, you know, structure wise. Um, some of the other things that I've seen are we're bringing in business, but we're not profitable because it's really not the right kind of business. We're bringing in business that our team members and our employees absolutely hate working on. So there's no passion, which means that they're probably going to leave at some point, um, Profit margin, you know, really, really low profit margin, somewhere between break even and eight or 10%. Um, You know, owning an agency is hard. It is not for the faint of heart, you know, and anyone who's listening to this, I mean, you can understand that more than anyone. Um, There are so many moving parts. And at any given moment, you kind of question like, what are the things that I'm doing? Right? What are the things that I'm doing wrong? And like, How do I even figure out where to start to to fix some of these things? So I would say across the board, those are probably like the top four or five things that I encounter most often. And then um, obviously, there's always going to be some type of conversation about uh, an exit. So the agency owner, I tend to work with only established agencies. So they've been in business for eight to 10, all the way up to 50 plus years. So at some point they're looking to exit or to sell or to be acquired, you know, whatever that looks like for them. And that could be in like a year or two from now, or that could be in 10 years from now, but you got to start planning that, you know, the earlier the better. So that's always part of the conversation. It's just not the primary reason that I'm typically...
0: Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to paraquitocom forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at And With that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. So it's cool because all of the things that you've just talked about, I think we're teeing this up to talk about something that can help with all of those issues that you just discuss, um, because it's really the the first thing that people are going to interact with. It's going to be the filter for a lot of the the work that comes into the agency, how it's priced, and so on. So, I'm super excited! I guess we're gonna formally transition into our conversation about positioning. So um, obviously a lot of these challenges, I mean, I've heard lots of agencies struggling with these two. There's no question. These are very, very, very common. Let's talk for a second about how positioning can help them overcome a lot of these things and how it can help improve every aspect of their business.
1: Yeah. So positioning is one of those things that no creative wants to talk about. Um, I always like to say creatives fear two things, boredom and boxes. So when when you talk to a creative and you say, hey, in order to attract these ideal clients and make your team happy and have higher profit margins, you actually have to pick a lane. You have to pick an industry or a vertical or a service offering, like be great at one thing. They freeze up. Because they don't want to hear that in their minds. And I'm making a blanket statement, obviously. There's lots of exceptions to this. But um, in their minds, it's kind of like, well, if I have to work on this one type of client or this one type of service for the rest of my career, I'm going to go mad. And the reality is it doesn't work that way. Because every client that comes to you, even if they're in the same vertical, they come to you with a different set of challenges. The strategies that you come up with are different. Um, all of the nuances, every single thing that you're doing with them, th- it's going to be different. And it is going to be um, challenging in a good way. So it's you're not going to get bored and you're not going to feel boxed in. I think that's the big misconception about positioning, um, which is actually the, the sort of focus of the keynote that I'm doing at um, agency con in uh, Breckenridge in a couple weeks. Um, you know, it's really, you know, getting into that mode or that mindset that you can really transform without sacrificing that creativity and not without feeling boxed in. Um, but the thing is, at the end of the day, position everything in the world, everything in your agency world hinges on positioning. It, it's the thing that is sort of your calling card, right? It's the thing that is going to attract the right employees to you, uh, the right candidates anyway. It's going to attract the right clients to you it means that if you're a premium provider in this one thing that you do really well, it's easy for me to refer you, right? Like you have to talk to Marcel because Marcel's great at this one thing. Um, And the more that that prospect sees that you're the ideal fit, it's harder for them to find a replacement. And I think that's really important because in the agency world, especially when you're offering the implementation services or the production services like web development, for example, it's easy to find a web developer. You can find a freelancer, you can go to an agency, but at the end of the day, it's a commodity. It's easily replaceable. So the stronger your positioning is, it's harder to find that replacement, which means that you can charge a premium, right? Um, So I think that's really important. And then that obviously trickles down into everything else that we were talking about before between employee retention, um, attracting those ideal clients, the pricing, the operations, the profitability. If you can charge more, Um, you know, obviously, you're going to be able to be a little bit more profitable. So it it all hinges on positioning. And there are very few agencies, unfortunately, that have gone down that route. And that's why, um, you know, there are people like me out there that are agency growth consultants that focus on just that.
0: So I'm sure there's a ton of people out there listening to this saying, hey, you know, I have that problem. I attract a whole bunch of different types of clients. You know, I would love to be charging higher prices. I'd love to have a little bit more consistency in the types of clients that I'm working with uh, in terms of their vertical, in terms of their revenue, in terms of you know how much they're willing to pay me, all of these things. But maybe they're confused on where they should start. So if you had uh, some advice for agencies that are listening right now that are thinking, I need to do this, but I don't know what to do first what would your advice for them be? What should they start doing today?
1: So the easiest thing to do is literally to take a a, sort of a book out of a page out of my playbook, which is how I start every engagement with an organization. I go into an agency, whether they have 10 employees or 100, and I sit down with every single person in that entire agency, from the CEO down to the summer intern, and I ask them a series of questions, always the same set of questions, 10 or 12. And I based on their responses are, you know, customized for each agency and what their goals are and everything. But what I'm essentially trying to, to suss out of that, those conversations are what are the passions of your people? What are the expertise of your people? Um, you know, where do they see the vision and the growth opportunities for your agency? Um, where do they see your agency among competitors? So these kind of questions I would bet that a lot of agency leaders have the answers to those because they think about it day in and day out, right? This is the stuff that kept me up at 2 o'clock in the morning, so I get it. Um, But your employees don't necessarily feel that same sense of ownership, so when you allow them to have input into that conversation and you synthesize all of those discussions and, and those responses and you say, wow, I can start to notice some trends and some patterns, I thought that most of my employees love to work on nonprofits. It turns out they really love to work on um, enterprise-level tech. Okay, well, now you just identified something. Now let's move into the expertise. Does your team have expertise in that area based on your case studies and your historical engagements, um, successful engagements, hopefully? Um, and then on top of that, the third leg of that stool would be what is the market opportunity, right? Right. Where, who are the competitors? So you have to do a little bit of research from there. Um, And I think once you boil all of that down and you sort of see this cross section of passion and expertise and market demand and all of these things, competition, you really start to understand where you might be positioned well. Um, Those are my favorite types of engagements because when your agency is literally all things to all people. You serve small businesses and, and Fortune 500s. I see this all the time. We're a full service agency and we serve everyone from the pizza place around the corner to a Fortune 100. If you're all things to all people, you're really nothing to anyone, right? Because it's hard for the prospects to see themselves in that messaging. And that's going to translate onto your website. It's going to translate into how you as the maybe the business development lead, for the organization, how you talk about yourselves. Um, it's going to translate into collateral LinkedIn profiles. I mean, you name it. That's what I say. Positioning trickles down into everything because um, you really have to be clear about what you're great at and what provides the most value to the vertical that you're serving. You know, what what's different about you versus all of these other commodity services. Um, at the end of the day, Clients are not buying a service, right? They're not buying a feature. That's kind of like, um, you know, a production or commodity or, or choosing something off of like a Chinese food menu. That's not where we want to be. At the end of the day, your clients are actually choosing your team's ability to solve their problems, right? So if your team isn't passionate and your team doesn't have expertise, you have to think about, you know, what the positioning really needs to be. Um, because you can't keep turning and burning by being all things to all people.
0: And I think that's a really great point that you make um, because – you know, like you said, they're buying a solution to the problem and it really just comes back to trust, right? Do they trust that you're going to be the right person to do this? And I think one of the funny things that, you know, I'm sure that when you bring this up to people, sometimes you have them push back and say, oh, well, like we'll lose business if we narrow our focus, Um, which to me is hilarious because if you're a full service agency and your positioning is not specific, chances are most of your business is coming because of relationships and referrals. And those are going to keep coming even if you decide you're going to position yourself a little bit more into a specific area. And so it's like, there's really not a missed opportunity there. You're just increasing how easy it is to go out and get a type of client that you actually want to work with that, you know, is going to make money in your business and be profitable. Um, But I mean, to your point, it's all about that trust factor. And I I love uh, how you go in, that approach that you take of interviewing everyone and getting a holistic view of the agency. I remember the first time you told me about that, I thought that was so cool. And I've I've never heard of another consultant that goes to that level of depth with their clients to discover what needs to change. and, And what they're all about, really, at a, at a whole level. I mean, I can't even think of agency owners that do that on a regular yeah. basis. Never mind consultants.
1: It's interesting because um, the first time that I did that and followed that sort of approach, um, that came, it came up very organically. I was like, "Well, I should probably talk to this guy. Well, if I'm talking to him, I should probably talk to her." And then I said, "You know what? Forget it. I'm just going to do, you know, talk to everybody." And I think that first agency had like 17 people, so I was like, "All right, let me try this." And what I got back was mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing. And what it did was this was this first one was a 25 year old agency and they were one of those all things to all people, uh, type of, of organizations. And what I got back from those intakes was that they all had a passion for this one vertical. They loved doing it. I was shocked because it's not something that I would be passionate about, but They were all passionate about it. They were great at it. Um, And they had tons and tons of case studies and expertise and, you know, great engagements. It was like, why are you guys doing anything else, you know? Um, But what was so interesting was the the trust actually in me, in in giving, I think that's probably where I was the most humbled in that situation and how I have realized how important it was because they trusted me, even though the the intakes were totally anonymous, but I don't log names or anything next to any, any intakes, um, but they trusted me. And what it allowed me to do is this is an organization that had been in existence for 25 years. There's no way that I could possibly come in on day one and know all the backstory and the the nitty gritty, like what's going on under the hood and what are, what is this guy feeling and how does this person need to be supported better to do their job and you know, all of these things. So by doing the intakes, it's literally the quickest way for me to get from zero to 60 in a matter of maybe a couple of weeks by the time I do 20, 30, 50 intakes, you know, it takes a, a little while cause I have to sit with everybody and I like to do them in person if, if I can. Um, So for me, that's the easiest way to get the most interesting and useful insights. And then that will spill it down into like um, a synthesis of those findings, a summary and then recommendations. And then I take that and I sit with the leadership team and say, hey, this is what your team thinks. And here's everything that I heard in in sort sort of summary format. Here are the recommendations that I would make just hearing all of this from your team. Now, how do you want to prioritize these? And they might have some follow-up questions and all of that, but um, that's, I have found that that is the most beneficial and most effective approach to doing what I'm doing.
0: I mean, I totally believe it. It, it would be, I, I feel like if just, if every business owner that was listening to this went out and did that, they would have their minds blown too.
1: Yeah, and you can make the questions up. Just figure out what, what you ultimately want to know. You know, um, I recently was doing intakes with an organization And they wanted to know what some of the people on their team actually viewed as digital marketing services, because that wasn't the primary thing that they were offering. So one of the questions was, what do we offer to clients that's under the digital marketing umbrella? I thought that was incredible. I would never have asked that question. But that was one of the things they wanted to know. Do our people really understand everything that's encompassed under digital? I thought that was great. So it can be a collaborative, you know, um, process to actually put those questions together. You know, if, you, if you're at an agency and you have a little leadership team, you know, maybe your head of business development, your director of client services, your CMO, you know, whatever your structure is, get the team together, get the get the leadership team together and just kind of spitball some ideas about what do you actually want to know about the team? And I would start there.
0: So let's say we've got somebody that has gone out they've interviewed their team, they've taken a look at maybe some of their past clients and they figured out like, okay, I think we should go into this vertical. They're pretty clear about their positioning. What's the, what's the framework? What are the kind of some of the really important pieces that they need to nail in order for that to actually take shape and start um, creating the results that they're looking for?
1: Yeah, good, really good question. So after all of that, um, you want to come up with an actual positioning statement because it's great if you know what your positioning is, but the rest of the world has to know it too. Um, so that's going to translate into an actual, uh, UVP, a, a unique value proposition, positioning statement that'll also translate into a mission statement and a vision statement. Typically the mission statement will be public on the website, maybe on the, the about us page or the team page. And then the vision statement is more internally kind of I- internally for the office, um, for everyone to know what, what direction are we heading in as an organization and as a team. Um, And then if there's a a tagline missing or a need for a tagline, you might want to, you know, put something like that together. And then probably it might mean revamping your website. Um, That's one of the other things that most agencies do a pretty terrible job at. Sorry, don't shoot me, but they do. Um, They just like to be, you know, uh, showcasing like really clean, cool aesthetic. And I understand that as, as a designer, but... There's a healthy balance or there's a balance that can be achieved between having the aesthetic that feels um, true to who you are and also speaks to your prospect. Because at the end of the day, that website, that's a really, really important tool um, from just an organic inbound perspective. You know, We didn't talk at all about uh, like a really healthy pipeline mix for an agency. We didn't talk about that today. But that's one of them is going to be inbound organic. So if you have the opportunity to bring in ideal leads, just because someone is Googling blah, 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 agency for, you know, this sector, wouldn't you want to come up on page one, you know, isn't it worth actually putting some time into optimizing that site, not only from a search perspective, but also from a conversion rate perspective. And then once they land on it, they're, they're getting a feeling that you are the team that can solve their problems. Um, so that's how I would translate all of that. And it really might mean rewriting all of the copy, probably redoing the, the navigation. And if you don't think you can do that internally at your agency, hire another agency to do it. It's okay. <laughs> um, it's okay to hire another agency to do your own website. Um, to be honest with you, there have been some web development, web design and development agencies that I've worked with that let me design their website and write the copy because they were like, we're never going to do this. It's going to sit on the back burner for a year and we're probably not going to get it right. So if you do all the heavy lifting, we'll just, you know, do the production. And that worked out really well.
0: I think that's a really good point that you just made because it is really hard to look at the label from inside the bottle sometimes, as I like to say. And so, you know, even if you're a super, super skilled agency and you can do this work for other people, it's usually 10 times harder to do it for yourself. So, yeah hundred percent. And I also love your point about the importance of the website. And in my experience, I mean, we do a lot of outbound at Parakito, and we're actually in the process of changing our website to position it more clearly. But I found that even when I'm doing outbound, most people are not going to respond to my email, but they will click on the link in my email signature. And then they'll actually convert on the website through like a form or something like that. So even if it's not inbound, the website still plays a huge role in the outbound huge, process.
1: Huge role. Huge role. Even if it's someone that you've uh, connected with in person and you've physically handed them a business card, they'll probably go to your website and then maybe your LinkedIn and then maybe some other web asset, you know, Glassdoor, something else, Clutch, before they'll contact you because they want to do their due diligence. Who is this company? You know, are they legitimate? Um, That's just the way of the world. So why not? Why let that sit there? and um, cause more confusion. I'd rather it be super clear, like, oh, you do X for for companies just like me? Awesome. Let's talk.
0: Yeah, definitely. It makes it super easy. So, You've talked about the importance of positioning. You've talked about kind of the first process to employ to start to get clear on what that positioning should look like. And you did a really good job of talking about the next couple of steps to take once you've gotten clear on it. Are there any final words of advice that you have for agencies that might be on their path to making their positioning a little more clear uh, that you want to leave them with?
1: Uh, I would just say... um, you know, just sort of steal something from, uh, David C Baker. This, this is not something that is done lightly or easily. It takes a lot of courage, um, to actually say we're going to put this stake in the ground and we're going to be this type of agency for this type of client offering this type of service. I get that it's scary, but trust me that if you want those ideal clients, you want your team to be happy. You want your team to stay longer. Um, you want to charge uh, a premium and you want higher profit margins, this is the answer. And it's not uh, a Staples easy button. There's work to be done, but I I can guarantee you that this will be a huge, huge game changer for the agency. If you actually implement it, you just got to get over it. And a lot of the, a lot of the agency owners and leaders that I work with, they struggle with it in the beginning too. It's like, Oh my God, this is something totally different than what I thought. You know, I didn't realize I was going to have to kind of just not scrap everything that we've done, but really um, go back to the drawing board in, in a way and be very foundational about it and understand what we're great at, what the market is demanding and what our team's passions are. Like to me, that makes a lot of sense, you know, what are we great at? Let's put that into the world and let's not be all things to all people. Um, so it's, it's scary, but it takes courage. And I definitely know that you'll, you'll see the rewards and pretty quickly too. This is not like something that takes a long time. Some of the agencies that I work with, once they implement all of these things and they've you know, got their new business cards and their new website, and they're speaking in a way that's all in the same direction um, and is very clear, they start bringing in accounts that they've never seen these types of retainers before. Very, very quickly inside of six months. So if you're looking for some type of a uh, timeframe, you know, qualifier, it can happen pretty
0: quickly. That's amazing. So, I mean, I absolutely love everything that we've just talked about. And I'm sure the people listening at home are just frothing at the mouth now thinking about all the opportunity that they have and are excited to go and execute on this. So if they're going to do that and they want to have a little bit more Kelly in their lives and they want to follow your content and they want to hear more of your wisdom, where can they go to connect with you and learn more from you?
1: Sure. So, um, my website is probably the best place to go. That's just klcampbell.com. And if you're interested in the podcast, which is specifically for agency leaders, um, you can get all of those episodes on all the you know popular podcast platforms. The, the uh, podcast itself is called Thrive, Your Agency Resource. And that's on iTunes and SoundCloud and YouTube and all that good stuff. Um, but if you just want to look at the, um, the video content on my website, you can go directly to agencyscaler.com I'll take you right there.
0: Amazing. And I know you've got a big keynote coming up at AgencyCon. Can you tell the audience about that? I'm sure some of them are going, uh, so they should definitely connect with you. But uh, Talk a little bit about your big talk coming up.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm really excited about it. This is the inaugural uh, conference for AgencyCon this year in Breckenridge. Um I was in... Uh, Breckenridge in the same venue for SearchCon uh, earlier this year in April. And so AgencyCon is a spin-off of that geared directly toward mostly digital agencies, but other types of agencies as well, creative tech media. Um, and my keynote is going to be um, pulling profit from the center, how agencies can transform without sacrificing creativity. And we're going to really go through the four Ps, which you know, I talk about people, positioning, pipeline, and profitability. And so we'll go through all of those. Um, I think I have 30 to 45 minutes. And um I, I think, you know, it's going to be a great talk and uh, excited just to connect with other agency owners and just, you know, hear about their challenges and some of the things that they're struggling with. And hopefully I can help some of them out at, the, uh, at the conference.
0: Man, that's, I'm like, I want to get a ticket now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love the four piece. It's funny. We have a four piece framework as well. What is yeah. that? Yeah. I don't know what it is about That's agencies funny. and four P's. And they're, they're similar, but I don't know. The four P's for agencies, that works nicely. I like it. Awesome. So you heard it here, guys. You got to go and check out uh, Kelly's website. Check out her podcast. She's got some amazing content on there. And if you are at AgencyCon, make sure you give her a shout and let her know that you heard her on the Parakeeto podcast. And uh, I'm sure she'll give you, I don't know, a high five. Uh, what's your style? Are you a high five person or are you a hugger? I'm a,
1: I'm a hugger. Oh, cool. Okay,
0: I'm a hugger too. So <laughs> at some point, we're going to share a hug. It's going to be gonna awesome. hug. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna happen. You heard it here, guys. So I wanna thank uh, Kelly so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing these golden nuggets with our audience. And I also wanna thank everybody that's listening at home. I hope you got some value. Wherever you connected with this episode, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on iTunes or whether it's somewhere on social media that you found it, leave a comment or send us a message and let us know what you learned. Let us know what your biggest insight was. Leave some questions and we'd love to hear from you. And uh, again, Kelly, can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here with us. We really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Marcel. No, pleasure is all mine.
0: Awesome. Have a great day and thanks for tuning in today, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast, I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this and it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability if you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at paraketa.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you.